going on dgen nation kenny kim here bringing you another fantasy golf degenerates podcast this week for the rsm classic as usual i am here with everybody's favorite canadian he could be really everybody's favorite canadian this coming up weekend tyler tambaline tyler what is up my friend what is up 350 episodes kenny it is it's our okay it's not really our 350th episode <laughs> it's like our 352nd episode we're celebrating 350 today because Tambo wasn't on that week or I wasn't on that week. Tambo wasn't on last week. So we are celebrating our 350th episode this week for the RSM Classic. Also some big stuff coming up, Tambo. Why don't you go ahead and tell the eight people that don't watch you on the football show about what's going on uh, with you this weekend so maybe they can sign up and win some of that money. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of money given away. Hopefully this is the plan. So for those that don't know, Fortunate enough to get into the King of the Beach. I've been there almost every year. I have a second and third place trophy on the shelf already. So there's better odds if we can just get there. And we did to try and pay this money out. But I am doing, I pledged to give away 10% of my money in giveaways. So currently I'm guaranteed 6000 for $600 in giveaways up to 30000 If I win first, it's three hundred grand. we will be giving away 30000 The reason we did it in the sixes because right now it's six $100 giveaways. If I win the whole thing, maybe when, we'll try to be positive thoughts here. We get it. It'll be 30000 which would be six $5,000 giveaways. So it'll be awesome. Main way to enter is very simple. Subscribe to the channel. Like this video. Repost anything you see me putting out there on X, FK, Twitter, as we like to say. And then also the biggest one, go to our sponsor. I can double down both right now. My site, Hoob site, our site, shipitnation.com. If you go to just anything, after I say this, pause this video and go do it. It takes two seconds. YouTube, Ship It Nation Station. So at Ship It Nation on YouTube, you just have to subscribe, find the video. It's under the videos tab that says Ship It Member Wins 1 Million. Go and comment on that video. You see there's like 300 plus comments right now. Everybody will be in the draw. Somebody will win at least $100 up to a potential $5,000. So it's very easy to do if you put a review for this podcast. If you Put a review or comment on the video. All these factors are ways to get in more ballots. I'm going to post more out there tomorrow. But for now, Kenny, that's going to be enough. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. If I win, it's going to be awesome. I would Let love me get a to point. Get Let me get a point if you win. Hey, what's 3K? You know, Let me get a point. Come on now, Tambo. You've been doing this long enough. you got to share automatic, the wealth, right? Let, the automatic, let me get a point. We can do the automatic. Not a, not a point. We'll do a literal a one point, a one one thousand dollars to my guy Kenny if I ship hey. this thing. Oh fuck yes, let's go Tambo! All right, go. Yeah. and I, and I'll oh, take yeah. care of you at the President's Cup as well when yeah. we set that up. You know where we should fucking go? I don't know if you guys saw that 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 video on uh, the Nuclear Golf Twitter feed yes. yesterday. Okay, there's this place in Vermont. It's it's five thousand dollars a night, right? And you 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 basically stay in a mansion. With 500 acres of land, with your own private golf course, that's like that has staff that's kept up. No one else uses the course except the people that are staying on, on that in that mansion. That's where we should go when a, a Mayo Media party uh, at that mansion. Let's do that. Let's get a plan. I mean, that place looks fucking incredible. Yeah, uh, yeah, I wonder how far you got to book it out though. It's got to be like a year. Yeah, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure it's got to be like a year, and you got to go like during the summer, so you can get like. 
full max potential of sun. So, I mean, literally, if there's nobody on the course and there's like me, you, and a buddy going out to play, you can play like 100 holes a day. Yeah. Like, not even joking. You could probably play 100 holes a day. And you just sit, <laughs> like, you find a hole you like, you just sit there and play that one a few times. Like, you, yeah. you can just do whatever you want and just run the place. That place looks incredible. It's got the game room downstairs. It's got a huge lake stocked with fish, paddle boating. It looks fucking amazing. Uh, definitely want to do that. We're sort of going off topic here. I don't even know where to start. Uh, what are we What are we going to start talking recap. about? Should we? The recap. How about, how about, did you already go over the sponsors? You already talked about your sponsor. Done. Yeah, we're good. The recap. One of the one of the most feel good wins that we've seen uh, in a long time. Sort of saved the fall swing. Like you got to think like. Everyone, even even us, like us as like the degenerates who watch golf every fucking week. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, this fall swing is sort of like, ah, man. You know what I'm saying? These 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 fields are not that great. It wasn't like tantalizing stuff. The courses, some of them were straight up dog shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, not the best fall for the PGA Tour with this new type of uh, fall swing system where it actually counts towards this past season. Uh, so, uh, but this win right here sort of redid it all, made it worth it, in my opinion. Because you know Camilo Vegas, we know most of you guys know the story. Um, his daughter died, three year old daughter, died in 2020, uh, passed away from I forget some type of cancer uh, or some type of disease. It's horrible, horrible things. Uh, you know, and, and the fact that Camilo hasn't won the last time Camilo won uh, an event was a week before Rory's last major. So it's been a fucking minute. It's been some time. You know what I'm saying? So he goes out there and does his thing, plays his, you know, finishes runner-up last week after no top tens in, I don't know, forever. Uh, and then, you know, finishes runner-up, comes back this week, finishes it off, gets that win. The thing about Camilo is, like, he's a pretty fucking cool dude. Like, I never realized. You don't hear him talk that often because, you know, he never wins. Uh, you know, the last time you really heard him spoke, was about his daughter. Um, you know what I'm saying? The dude like exudes charisma. I don't know if it's like the Spanish thing or the, the Hispanic Latin American flair that he has like in him or something, but like the way he spoke, I was like, man, this guy just oozes fucking charisma. You know, I like 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 if he was as good as he could have been, like the, the golf, I think, missed out. I mean, like, if he was a top ten player in the world during his prime and you saw him week in and week out, I think he could have been one of the most popular golfers in the world, um, just because of how well-spoken he is, uh, how much confidence he exudes, even though, you know, not much to be confident about for the last decade or so. Uh, you know, and he always had that Spider-Man pose thing that was always really cool. Um, yeah, it's a shame that that he that he didn't live up to. I mean, maybe he can still. He's not old. Obviously, he could still win, but, like, in his prime, 10 years ago when he started and people were, you know, talking about him, uh, man, I feel like we missed out. I feel like we missed out on the Camillo, uh, like type of fandom that he should have had throughout his career. Now, hopefully, you know, this is jump starts him to something incredible. We'll see. We've seen crazier shit happen. So uh, that's what I'm hoping for this guy, because I'm a huge fan of him. And, and what a win, uh, by him holding off Norn, some other heads. What'd you think about the event? Yeah, I love that. Like I said, it's crazy the way things go and the sad story and everything and how it has to come out that way, and that's what it becomes about. But just in general, the the battle back, man, like I can't even imagine that, looking up at the sky after the win. Like just it's emotional to see that type of thing from a man, like just sit there and see him 
sort of go through that. But he was doing some explaining, too. He talked about these tattoos that he has. And you were just talking about how he comes across with the charisma and the flair and all that. And one is uh, one is positive energy. And then one is, what was the other one? It's like uh, positive energy and attitude. And they're like, what is that? He's like, I haven't had a chance to look at them as often as I should have lately, but sort of sort of leaning on the storyline of like he needs to spend more time on this, but he's he kind of leaned on it to say this is maybe what got him here. But he said it's the two things that no matter he said lots of stupid shit goes on, lots of bad things happen to everybody, but no matter what, that's the two things that you can always control. You can control your attitude, and you can come with positive energy and bring positive energy to others. And I mean, for what he's gone through and stuff like that, like you just said, like man. It's hard to just think like that and then be able to still roll it off. And we're coming to a guy off coming up a second place. Now a win, like just bang, bang like that. He's back. Like he's back. He's knocking on the door. I don't care what events it is. We talk about this all the time. People make fun of Tony Finau beating up on weaker fields, all this stuff. First of all, this guy's 701 last week, 101 this past week, like 701 two weeks ago. I should say it's not like he's some guy coming up and beating up on these guys. He's grinding through and he's playing with what's put in front of him and he got the job done. So congrats to him. Incredible stuff. I know people out there had some wanted Norrin, some didn't. They had those tickets. You know, Scott was up there, Whaley, Pendrith, guys that some of the guys we'll talk about for this week too. But overall, like you said, it has been it has been a tough swing season. I don't know if it is the yeah. new setup or what. It just has not been good. I, I just I get it. They have to play. There is more meaning to it. Technically, I didn't look into the ratings or anything like that. Dude, I we, know one event they had less than one hundred fifty thousand people watching on a Saturday. Yeah, I believe it, man. Honestly, I know it's time. That's like practice. live numbers. It's bad. But yeah. I think it's, again, they know what it's going to be. The players also, and even the PGA, like they have to set it up in a way where it has value. It doesn't mean it's going to add value. Now that that's where their sponsors get pissed off because they're like, look, you think it has meaning for your players and it does, but we don't really give a shit about that. We're advertising. We, we want this stuff set up properly so that we get what we're supposed to get. But on that same note, we didn't get to have this talk because we went back to back weeks, not on the pod. Where were you at on the TGL and your expectations of what we're going to get? Like, literally, let me ask you this way. If this wasn't the Tomorrow Golf League with Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy flipping their letters, if it wasn't no one to watch involved, it. No one to watch it if it wasn't Rory and Tiger heading it up. And if it, it wasn't it, the best like players that. on the PGA Tour. Okay. Now, granted, there is some type of, you know, I don't know how to explain it, but it is like the, the best golfers on the PGA Tour playing something which gives it just a little bit of juice, but getting into a simulator, I, I, I just, I don't see how people are going to get too involved. Now I'm going to watch the first, you know, episode or whatever. And yeah. if it's cool, great. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'll be on board, but I have my doubts. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, if Tiger's out there winning every event, this is the, this is the only time we get to see Tiger. They'll oh. probably get some ratings. Okay. Uh, they'll probably get some ratings. We'll see how popular Tiger Woods really still is, basically. Because I think, I think he still is that guy. I, no yeah. doubt about that. But is the old? Let me ask you this then, too. Is the is the only draw for you? I mean, we're all gonna watch the first episode. I've already talked shit about it on Twitter. Everything like I get it, but I just don't see how I'll ever like this. And it's not like a, people are trying to say, oh, it's a boomer thing. Like this is the young crowd is gonna love this. I think the young crowd would rather be at the simulator playing themselves yeah. if they're even going that far. They still don't care probably, but we'll see. But my take is that the only actual thing that's interesting is that what we always ask for. We always say, I would pay to, to get uh, be a fly on the wall, to hear these guys talk. What are they going to talk about? And then we got the matches. JT was pretty funny and good on the mic when he wasn't playing, when he was in there just needling these guys a little bit, like Charles Barkley-esque. 
type thing. But in general, man, it just doesn't do what we saw on Netflix. People said, oh, but you must have forgot about Tony Fina and Joel Damon. You're right. There was like two personalities on that show that were awesome, that, that were great episodes. Max Homa has a personality for sure. We get it. There's some out there that have it. I just don't see where the draw is. And besides the first episode we're all going to watch, is that the only other thing that would entice you? Like they're trying to drop this thing now where Rory called can't lay a dick. And that's, is that really what's trying to draw in the viewers for episode one? Because apparently they play each other in the first week or something. Is Canley like, in the league? Uh, I thought so. Oh, well, that's interesting then. I, I didn't know he was in Wasn't the league. that the take? I'll double look it, but I'm, I'm almost positive. I thought he was just calling Canley a dick because of the Ryder Cup. You know, John and, 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 and Thomas never... is joined by Cantlay, Horschel, Glover okay. on the Atlanta Drive. Yeah, well, G- that I sort, you know, I I sort of liked Rory a little bit more for calling you know Cantlay a dick, really speaking his mind, and not. I mean, I, I guess people could say he speaks his mind truthfully all the time, but I really don't know. I, I he seems like he talks out of both ends of his mouth sometimes to me, you know. Um, but but yeah, I sort of liked him calling it a dick, and I sort of like Cantlay more. Because because Rory doesn't like him. Uh, you know, a couple of things you're talking about, JT and Max. Uh, Max won last week at the DP World Tour. JT finished fourth uh, across the pond. So, you know, those guys are still playing some pretty fucking good golf. Uh, you know, JT looks like he's back. Uh, so maybe this will help him, you know, uh, with a little slump. And we could see him a little bit more and see how he's playing. But I, I don't know. I don't know about the TGL. I'm not going to, like, wave it off, okay? Because I don't really know what to expect. Now, I'll watch the first episode. If it's good, if it's cool, I'll keep watching. Uh, if it sucks, I ain't going to watch. Basically, that's what it comes down to. Uh, now, the thing is, it's going to be like middle of the week, right? Like, it's a lot of these events are like midweek. So, I guess when Monday, Tuesday or something. Yeah, so like, when there's nothing on, maybe it's worth it. Who knows? But I'm not getting my hopes up for it. All right, we can move on. Go to this. Well, one. another thing we're talking about last week, uh, last couple of weeks. Good thing, Cash Game Cornerstones. All four made the cut last week, this past week. All four made the cut the week before, so we're going back to back six of six lineups for me. Uh, so a pretty solid uh, end of the season. Uh, I they did have Pendrith as a um, bet last week, but he's the only bet I didn't put the each way on. That fucking sucked. That Kadira, who missed the each way by a stroke, um, I think he was like one hundred seventy five to one. So it could have been a much better week. Uh, but I'll take winning week. Right? I, no, I think he finished 12th, but but there was like a bunch of people tied for 7th. No, I'm saying Pendrith finished T8. So even if you got it, did you have 8 places? I had 8 places, yeah. Yeah, yeah and he yeah. chopped it up like 5, 8 places. I thought he was 5th. No, no, he fell back. He was 8th? Yeah. He was 8th? Yeah, either way. Uh, so I a couple of guys in the top 15 had a little bit of sweat, but it really didn't go uh, my way except for in cash, which is great because that's sort of my forte. All right, so... Let's move on to the listener league from last week. Before we talk about uh, two hearted's win, let's go and talk a little bit about our listener league, what to expect coming up in this new year. Yeah. So just a note on that for sure. So the last listener league will be posted out this evening, tomorrow, whenever you get it, you can go on and find it at toe tag and tambo. It'll be there. We'll retweet it on the main account, all those factors, but it is your last chance to get into the tournament of champions. This will round it out. We said it would. We said when it would be. It'll be at the Sony Open. Just so you guys get a breakdown of this, though, here's how it'll go. The prizes and everything will be announced on our yearly preview pod that we're going to record in the middle of December. It'll come out sometime after that. We'll let you know. You'll see it out there probably around December 19th is my guess. So then noting that, that will have all the prizes on it. All the winners will be settled after this winner from this week. Then we will be back for the Tournament of Champions, the Century. 
That week will be, this year, it's the first week of January. So we're going to record on New Year's Day, have that pot out to you guys, and you'll be good to go. And then that's where the schedule picks up. That's our starting point. We'll be back the next week for the Sony Open, and that will be where we host the Tournament of Champions contest. So just a note on that. All right, that sounds good. Let's talk about our winner, two-hearted. 659.5 points uh, to take first place. He had Lucas Glover, uh, who finished in 45th, um, 17% owned. Taylor Pendrith, you're right. He was in eighth place, 40% owned uh, in that draft. Uh, he finished in eighth. Ryan Palmer, another guy I liked last week. 20, he was uh, 7% owned uh, with a pretty solid finish. What did he finish? Eighth as well. Uh, Adam Long, who never misses a fairway ever again. Uh, 18% owned. Finished in 13th. Vincent Whaley, who was at a shot at first-round leader. When everyone thought he was first-round leader. And then shot tracker well. fucked up. And he went from minus 10 to minus 8. And people got pissed. People got pissed on that one. But uh, Vince Whaley, he finished 8th. As well, and of course, Camille Viegas, um, you know, three percent on the winner on the solid lineup. I thought, what do you think? Yeah, really good. I like that start quite a bit. Andy and I did the Wednesday show last week. We talked about Glover and Pendrith starting point. He liked Palmer, which I liked there. After that, it kind of fell off for me, though. I liked a little bit of Whaley, but didn't have as much. Wasn't high on Long, wasn't high on Camilo. Like that really was the separator at the bottom there, you know, Palmer. Was a sneaky play. Andy liked him on Wednesday. He was good. I liked that starting point. I thought Glover was still underpriced. Just even though it's like almost 10K Glover, he just continues to play well. And in this spot, he didn't actually play the greatest. But look at this. This is just a prime example. We talk about this week in, week out throughout the regular season. He finished T45th and had 0.5 less DraftKings points than Pendrith, who finished T8. So it just goes to show, like, how about outscoring your finishing position? T45th at 11 under, but with two eagles, the bogey-free round, the streaks, all the stuff that added up. Glover really did score those points for somebody here. So shout out to Two-Hearted. And then shout out to DK Jamie in second. J Jamie Beckler, we, we met before at a couple different events. Great dude on Twitter. You can go check him out out there as well. But shout out to him. He reached out to me and said, I was close. And he was right there, just uh, second place, man. You, second place, the first loser. Isn't that what they say? Yeah. I mean, shit, if Red Hart had put Norton instead of Glover, he probably would have taken down every GDP there. <laughs> so and that's how that's how fickle fucking DFS is. You know, did because he have the hundred bucks, though? Did he have what? I don't know. I don't know if he did. I mean, most people don't go full 15K or full 50K, right? I think he so, did have it, too. He had it. Yeah. If he goes Nor in there... I mean, he's taking down every single GPP fucking known demand, uh, probably in that event. That's why G. That's why DFS is so fucking hard. Uh, like, it, 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 it's, it's it's a tough game. Like, I, even the last two weeks when I went six of six in cash, I barely fucking cashed. Barely cashed six of six the last two weeks. Last week it was like forty two percent. Some some doubles were over fifty percent. Six of six last week. The week before it was like twenty five thirty. I had no upside and I barely cast six to six. Thank God for Pendrith uh, being in that cast line. He was the only guy I had in like the top. I think I had an eighth and a twelfth somewhere in there. And I, everyone else is like, you know, outside the top 30. So, yeah, it, it's been a little bit tough sledding, good sledding, winning, but freaking it's, it's a lot more stressful than it should have been. Basically, the last couple of weeks coming down the stretch on Sunday. All right. So let's get to this week. Let's talk about the RSM Classic. Let me pull this up because I'm getting like 87 million work tests. All right, so I got a, I got two projects due this week. 
Uh, one is a $3.3 million like um, interior office build out for like two floors of this place in DC, it's like 35,000 square feet. And then we're doing like, we're changing all the risers for HVAC mechanic, HVAC electrical and plumbing for this 300 unit like condominium complex. That job's going to be like 15 million. And I got both these fucking projects to do this. So, so I've been slammed. And I just keep getting these text messages all day. So I apologize about that. All right. So PGA Tour. And it's the St. Simons Island, Georgia, for the last event of the 2023 calendar year of the RSM Classic. We played at two Sea Island Resorts golf clubs, the Seaside Course and the Plantation Course. Golfers will be playing each of the two, the two, the first two rounds, uh, each of the two courses during the first two rounds, then finish the weekend at the seaside course. The tour does this so they can have a full 156 man field and still be able to get all the golfers in before the early fall, winter sunset. The cut per usual top 65 and ties. Sea Island is home to many tour golfers uh, and many of the tournament have ties to the area, including, you know, Matt Kuchar, uh, Brian Harmon, JT Poston, Chris Kerr, Kevin Kisner, part-time residents. Uh, you know, uh, there's, there's a bunch of, of guys in that Sea Island Mafia. Uh, and, you know, early on in this event, they really didn't do shit. But lately, you've seen a lot of these Sea Island guys, Ryan Harmon, uh, came in second, I think, last year. Uh, these guys have been playing pretty fucking well. Uh, so you might want to you know, look at the guys who live in the area and maybe get some of them in your lineups. Uh, you know, so uh, uh, Poston, you know, is good. Has finished top uh, top here. Harmon has finished near the top. ZJ has finished near the top. All within the last five years. Now weather can play a you know a huge factor uh, as the Seaside Course is a lake style course where the wind can play havoc for golfers. Uh, we'll see what the weather is from what I'm seeing right now. Thursday looks like the roughest day. Uh, so you know, make sure you keep an eye out. Wednesday, maybe make maybe make your lineups as late as possible uh, to see if there's any type of wave advantage. Uh, the winning score, usually in the high teens to low 20s, uh, under par, a 70% of fairies being hit and 75% of greens being hit here over the years. This event usually comes down to who puts the best on these sort of tricky Bermuda greens. Uh, if you look, if you're looking like correlated courses to Sea Island, check out, you know, Harbor Town, uh, Wyalot. They're both short coastal tracks. Uh, and if you look, six of the last like 13 winners have had a top five or better uh, on one of those two courses before. I think, I, I don't know, uh, Brian Harmon, I'm not sure. He's the one I didn't check. So six of the 12 before Brian Harmon, we'll see about Harmon. I'll have to double check and look at that before I finish up this uh, course right up on cupscorner.com. Now, uh, let's look over at the Seaside course. Uh, seaside course at Sea Island, 7,000 yard par 70, four par threes, two par fives. Now, in dry conditions, both par fives are going to be reachable by a lot of golfers in the field as long as the wind isn't blowing in their face. Uh, the course, traditional link style with the ocean breeze playing a factor. Uh, off the tee, golfers are going to see average to above average size fairways that actually get a little bit more narrow as golfers get closer to the hole. Um, this leads to a lot of golfers using less than driver off the tee. Nearly 70% of all fairways have been hit here over the years. So the numbers sort of back that up to the fact that this is a less than driver course. The rough around the fairways is, you know, it's fairly tall, sort of thick, but it really doesn't matter. Like, when it comes to, like, rough penalty uh, at this course, it's, like, bottom 10, like, you know, easiest out of the rough. Uh, you know, even though, you know, you could still get, like, two and a half, three inch rough here uh, and about, but guys just tend to play this course very, very easily out of the rough. So, if any of the rough, not that big of a problem. Missing wildly. 
that's when you have issues uh, off the tee. And that's why so many guys use less than driver off the tee. Uh, now, if the golfers miss the fairway, they're going to have to deal with bunkers, marshlands, seaside vegetation, sandy native areas, and water. Uh, the fairways themselves rolling and hilly and should play firm. Uh, approach shots, golfers will see large, overseeded Bermuda grass greens, stimulating a rating of around 11 and a half. Uh, most of the greens are elevated and have a good amount of slope and undulation. Uh, greenside bunkers guard the putting surface, and the rough is usually a bit thicker around the greens than it is around the fairways. Uh, the plantation course at Seattle, where we're going to play one round. Um, 7,058 yards, like, you know, 70, you know, 7,100, 7,200, depends on the tee box. Uh, par 72, four par five, four par threes, and four par fives. All the par fives are reachable with none being longer than 560 yards. The course went through a bit of a redesign a few years ago with bunkers being removed and the grass on the greens being replaced. Um, you know, the wind uh, can make this play, course play a lot tougher than, uh, you know, than normal. And, of course, it's normal for every type of course that we see. Uh, off the tee, golfers are going to see wide tree-lined fairways, similar rough dimensions as seaside. Uh, there are a lot of more bunkers compared to seaside, and the water is going to be a factor just like it is on its sister course. The large trees should shield the course a bit from the wind, unlike seaside, though. Uh, the fairways are relatively flat, but they should have a good amount of roll on them if the conditions are dry. On approach shots, golfers will see much smaller greens compared to seaside, with a lot more bunkers guarding the greens. It is possible, you know, they've had they put some new grass in there about five, six years ago. In my opinion, I think it's grown in. I don't think you're going to see like super firm greens. We have seen that a little bit in the previous few years. Personally, I think after five years, the grass should grow in. But we'll you know check the practice around, see what golfers are saying about the greens on plantations. You probably won't hear too much. Personally, I'm going to take a guess and think it's not going to be as firm as we've seen in the last few years, unless it's exceptionally dry. Um, so we'll have to check the weather. The greens use uh, overseeded Bermuda and uh, should have similar stiff meter rating, 11, 11, 11 and a half to the seaside course. Tambo, what are you looking for in golfers this week? Yeah, we know a lot more about this course. We also, the best, we just shit on kind of the swing season. Now we got a pretty decent field for yeah. what it's been, at least. Like, we'll take that. So definitely would say from that angle, something to, to keep in mind that, you know, you're looking at better golfers, more decisions to be made. But just going back to last year, one thing I remember that I cut out here was like, I kept looking at, fairways gained because that's sort of been the model in the past but you mentioned a key point is sometimes these guys that don't hit a lot of fairways because they club down and they change things up for a course like this it's not always the best stat to look at so stuck with really something that stays consistent greens of regulation scrambling because it's harder with these and then also the three-putt avoidance you mentioned they can be a little bit tricky kind of keeping those things in mind making some decisions based off of that the course history has been pretty sticky here like it's been pretty solid if somebody's good at this course they typically play well around here we've seen it in the past now last year Svensson breaks the mold he had not done well at this course but at the same time that was also something to keep in mind where that was a golfer sort of coming into his own that we were seeing okay now this guy's playing a little bit better becoming a little bit stronger if you have feelings like that about somebody throughout the way too I think that's another thing that you could look at and use as an angle in but for now that's kind of where I'm at as a starting point and then we'll see how ownership goes the last event of the swing season I would expect it to still be even with the good golfers, still pretty condensed ownership in certain spots just because, you know, throw in some lineups. What did everybody say? Okay, let's play those guys and move on. Let's go. Let's start off on this 10K range. We got uh, Aberg, uh, Oberg down to, I uh, just, my screen's not working. Oberg down to who, Tampa? Just to Harmon. There's only three guys up top. There we go. So it's Harmon, Young, and um, Ludwig at 10-9, 10-6, 10-3. Harmon being the guy at 10-3, Young being the guy in the middle. 
and then Ludwig up top at 10-9. I don't know where people go here. I mean, he's been so good, right? Ludwig up at the top. He's, what, 10, 13 second, 10, just dominant, being the win, everything that goes with it. That I think if people got the money to spend, they still go there. Cam Young, the, the appearance here last year was 29th. He's a guy, though. Remember when he first played Heritage, and everyone you talked about already, like going over to um, to Heritage, if, if you got, when he played that, people were like, oh, there's no way, his, his mold doesn't fit this course, but then he was clubbing down, he was fighting the fairways, he was making his way through it, he was in the mix for a little bit, so the first year of playing it, so I think just in general, that's somewhat interesting, that when you go look at the stats right now on Cam Young, you're going to say, this guy's wild off the tee, he misses all these fairways, all these factors, I just don't know if it'll be as big, but typically... And maybe he gets popular, but Brian Harmon at 10-3, second last year. He's got 14th, 4th, all this stuff in the past. I haven't seen him for a minute, but he was playing some really good golf to end the year. And if people are going to shy away from him, I do like him. He pops in the stats across the board as well. Great scrambler, great putter, all all over this place. You know, every Everything's solid. Any stat that you pretty much pull up for him over the last 50 rounds. So hoping he comes in as the golfer that he has been, he still stands out to me at 10-3. Before I go over my favorite plays, let's talk about the fact that some of these guys haven't played in a while that are really high up in price. You got Harmon, Connors, and Henley. All haven't played since last season. Uh, haven't played across the pond, haven't done none of that shit. Does that affect you in any way? Like, I had worried about that a little bit like, a couple of weeks ago with like, Adam Hadwin, and they ended up finishing runner-up. Uh, so, I mean, like, are you worried about the lack of yep. play for any of these guys? You're not taking that into account. No, JT posted the same thing, right? Uh, oh, he didn't pick up a club for seven weeks, and when he last played, which is now like a month ago, he finished third that yeah, week. Like yeah. these guys, they, they, it's like riding a bike for these guys. Like uh, someone showed me something last night about Jokic in the NBA hitting a left-handed three-pointer. I'm like, he's the best center in the entire world. You can only practice so many things for so long. It doesn't shock me. We see golfers all the time hitting left-handed, and they're better than most people right-handed. These professionals, it's because they, they're just that good. Like they're just not gonna forget it that quickly if they have a bad event. People will blame it on that, but they are still who they are for the most part. Golf is a fickle sport. It's a bitch. We know this. Anyone can go haywire at any time, but that's no different on the flip side. There could be a guy coming in that's played six weeks in a row, or in this case, uh, most of the swing season, let's say, and has been playing good, and then has a bad week, and people are like, oh, fatigue, playing too much. Like, you you can't win these arguments. It's just a narrative, so I'm not going to play into that at all. Yeah, personally, I mean, I'm not going to look into it in GPPs for cash. I'm going to play guys that have played recently. And for my cash game cornerstones this week, I'm playing four guys who I think are on the precipice of a win. Uh, that's how I'm going to go about uh, with four guys who I think will win soon. Um, and, and I think have a great chance of winning this week. Uh, first, it's going to be over. Uh, all the way at the top, $10,900 is my first cash game cornerstone. Um, the stats don't line up for what I'm looking for in this course. I don't give a fuck. His skill level, I think, is much better than almost everybody else in this field. I mean, you, you can argue about Brian Harmon. You can argue about Corey Connors. But you can argue about Cameron Young. But I think Oberg is the best player in this bunch, uh, without a doubt. And I think his floor is top 20, his ceiling's a win. That's why That's why I'm going to go ahead and play Oberg. I don't care that the stats don't line up. Doesn't matter to me. He's going to club down. Uh, he'll be just fine. This week, I like him as my first cash game cornerstone. Um, I don't know about playing anybody else up here. Maybe Harmon. Uh, we'll see. I haven't made up my mind, but I know I'm playing Oberg in cash. Let's go to this 9K. By the way, how close does uh, does Harmon live to the area? He's, he's a Sea Island guy. 
Yeah, I mean, like, but the, I know that. I'm saying the court, like, I don't know. Like, he could be like, oh, he's been off for so long. He could have been playing at this course. Like, for all we know. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, he could have been practicing at this course. Yeah, like, he could have been, been down the street playing at the course. We don't, that's my point. You'll never know. That's so that's why it's that's funny true. when that's like an argument that some people will say, not saying you said it, just other people do. Obviously, he's a Sea Island guy. I meant, like, I don't know if this is the course he plays out of or what, but he, like, he could have been here every day playing. Well, for all we know, who cares? So, I like your call there up top. I really don't care about stats when it comes to a talent like Ludwig up at the top. So he was the other guy afterwards. I do struggle with uh, with Cam Young a bit more. But like I said, the note was we've seen him go away. Like people say, oh, he can't hit fairways and then do it at courses where you're not supposed to because he just clubs down. So I like all your takes up at the yeah. top here. 9K range, second Cascade cornerstone, a guy, another guy on the precipice of victory, Eric Cole. $9,000. Guy's just been close. Like, he, he's been grinding away. I've never been a cold guy. Uh, I've never rostered him, so probably he's going to miss the cut this week. But, you know, the way he's been playing has been incredible for the last, you know, year. Uh, you just don't see this type of stuff happen to a 35-year-old journeyman who's never made it on tour. Um, I had my doubts that it's going to last. But every time he comes in, he plays well. Gets another top 20. Gets another top 10. Uh, just does his thing going out there. Stat-wise, he's great well, for this course. Uh, you know, he's second in my model. Iron game strong. Puts his ass off. Wedge is pretty good. Um, you know, everything you're looking for uh, at this course. So, I like Eric Cole. Second cash game cornerstone. If you're going to go for GPP plays, I'm going to play one of Connors and Henley. I'm not sure which one I've been playing. And You know, Henley, when it comes down to it, uh, can put his ass off. And, and, and that's... a He's been putting. I'm sorry, I'm thinking of somebody else. Though these both of these guys aren't the best putters uh, out here, but you know when it comes to their iron game, it's so strong. Um, and, and Henley's not that bad on Bermuda. We'll have to see which one of those two I'm going to go with. I'm not sure. I'm going to play one uh, of them, and another sleeper would be Justin Saw, another guy I think on the precipice of a win. Um, now you know his stats really don't don't set up well for the course, but we shall see. Uh, you know, we'll see if his ownership takes a little bit of a dip. I don't know. He's had a couple of top tens in a row. It could be worth a fade if he's actually uh, very, very highly owned. I don't know how the ownership's going to go. Uh, because when it comes to the stats and looking at the model, not great. But the way he's been playing, very, very good. Uh, so if his, if his, if he's an ownership play, if he doesn't get the ownership I think he deserves, I'm going to play him. Uh, if he gets over-owned, I'll probably fade him uh, at this range. What about you, Tim? Who do you like? Hey, he can definitely putt. That's for for sure. You were talking about guys that putt their ass off. It's either him, Hoston, or McCarthy in the next range who you were talking about. So all those guys, very similar. I like both Connors and Henley. I like Poston. And then Eric Cole, I'm with you. You'd like Eric Cole's caddy, too. Got to meet his caddy at the 3M this past year. And he was in the hunt, His Eric Cole was, in the tournament. I think he was sitting like top nine or something on Saturday night. And his caddy is at the pub, the Irish pub, drinking the big boy beers, like the big dog Guinnesses, like four or five of them. And I'm like, man, this guy has to work for it. Well, well Guinness, very, very low alcohol volume. Yeah. That's why people right. be like, that's why people can drink the fuck out of it. Yeah. Uh, so personally, heavy. I just wouldn't want to be sitting down drinking four or five of them. You know what? They... It's not as heavy as people think. Yeah. It's I don't not, I, I I like Guinness. Uh, I personally like it with uh, cider. You go half cider, half Guinness. Uh, some people call it a snake bite. Some people call it black velvet, okay, whatever it's called. Um, it's a great drink because you know the Guinness. It's got that bitterness to it. 
You add that sweetness of the cider, really, really good combo. Uh, when I was younger, I would and to drink beer, I would crush a shit ton of those uh, all the time. Especially if I was trying not to get like wasted, wasted, and I still felt like drinking because again, get us low alcohol volume. Yeah, that might be it. I mean, I've had them plenty of times. It's not like I hate them. I'm just saying, especially if I was somewhere where everyone was having them, definitely get it in the mix. I just thought it was pretty heavy to you know sit down and drink four or five of those. Like, man, it's like just I, there feels like you could just uh -huh. drink something else and be good to go. But he he was loving it and good dude. Got to meet him. Very very solid guy. Like I'm cheering for. Eric Cole for sure, even though I make fun of him all the time in DFS. But I honestly, we're, we've not, we haven't seen anything like Eric Cole. I can't remember ever. Like a guy who's 35 years old, who's never made it on tour, always played these shitty ass satellite tours, not even the Corn Ferry. Like he played a couple of years in the Corn Ferry. But I, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's amazing. Like what he's done and transformed his game to be as consistent as he has been in the last year really really remarkable stuff from eric cole and, and honestly like i i I'd never i i believe now it, it took me the whole fucking year like i never rostered because i'm like okay this is the week this guy his story's over okay this is the week this guy's still every week yeah i'm like ah, and then he goes out and balls the fuck out uh so and he's a yeah. nice dude too that was another part of the story he this guy that's his caddy missed the big week. I, I want to say it was the Mexico Open or whatever. Like was or maybe it was Honda, whichever. I think he was at the Honda and not at Mexico or vice versa. The two events he crushed at, and he said Eric still took care of him at the event. He finished like top five and hooked him up because he was away for some reason that was important or whatever. He's so like, he's not like Matt Kuchar. Opposite of Matt Kuchar. Opposite of Matt Kuchar. Let's go down to the eight K range. Who's in the next range? What a I'm gonna play Matt Kuchar this week. I'm gonna play Kuch. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play Kuch, the cheater, the villain. I hate his ass. Cheat, any cheat motherfucker that's got money, I hate those people. Like, I'm not rich, but I'm not cheap. You know, maybe that's why I'm broke all the time. I don't know. I tip people's ass all the time. Like, random people. You just also you, you can up. be frugal. You can be frugal for, like, what your purchases are and, like, okay, I'm careful about what I buy and still not be cheap when it comes to when you should not be, like, the, the tipping, the service industry, taking care of somebody, all of those factors, like it's okay to do that, but it, it's the opposite effect, right? Like someone who's here's got the thing. money. Like, tipping can really, really benefit you. Like in certain situations. Like the last time I went to a strip club, I went, where was that? Uh, uh, uh it was at Piners when I went on that when I did the auction league. So we yeah. went to the strip club, right? Uh went to the strip club, I was tipping everybody. I tipped the doorman, I I tipped I tipped the bouncer, uh, I tipped the bartenders like crazy. Uh, you know, I'm tipping all the girls in the back. Uh, you know, rule all this shit. Uh, and, and so we came back. And that was the first night we came. The next night we came back straight to the VIP. Didn't even fucking ask us. They just brought us straight to the VIP. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can you if you use the tipping tipping correctly, it can benefit you in 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 ways that you would not think it would. As as being a guy who used to work in the service industry for 20 years, if I know you've come in and you've tipped me well before you're gonna get better service than the other guy uh, the other guests now i gave great service no matter what okay but you're gonna get that little extra from me you know what i'm saying uh you're gonna get that little bit of extra from me uh and that's just the way that's just, just the way it is uh you know if, if your kid gets a soda I, I won't ring in your soda you know stuff like that uh, i mean if you're cheap out there and you don't tip i mean god help you i don't i, I don't i don't know 
what to and people are like oh i don't have enough money to well don't fucking go out yeah. don't fucking go out that's Take your money tip, don't fucking go out i forget what your nickname out. was last time but it, kenny just the tip kim at the strip club what a nickname yeah just a tip i mean just a tip is basically the whole thing for me so <laughs> i yeah so that's just the way it's gonna go uh, <laughs> that's why i like strip clubs you know and the, the, the girls they, they don't complain there's no complaining uh, about you know little, little Kenny down there. They don't no complain about the tips. No complaining about little Kenny, and no complaining about you know how fast it happens. That's about more, more rapido. That's more rapido. Another time. More rapido. That, that'll yeah, make yeah. its way around this season during the main. So I, I have a story time with Kenny lined up for for Augusta. It's gonna be fun. Uh, it's definitely not. It's a little bit darker uh, than your normal story time with Kenny. There might have been a death involved. Maybe. I still don't know. Uh, so we'll talk about this in about four months, five months. You guys got to wait for it. Uh, yeah. There you go. Uh, that's when they're going to, you know, that's when they bring out the new story times. We can try to jack up those those major episodes out there. And again, I, I guess I could say something. This is the 350th episode uh, of our pod, but there's like, you know, 2,400 people that are going to watch this this week. Or listen to it instead of like the twenty four thousand that would normally listen during the regular season. So there you go. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna live like you know the, the, even more than that for majors. So we're gonna we're gonna hold off on that. It's a great story, dark, but it's a great story. All right, let's move on to this AK range. I'm gonna play Coocher, like I said. I'm gonna play Coocher. You know, I'm just out my my play here, Billy Horschel, down here uh, at the mid eights. End of the season, very strong on the PGA Tour. Goes across the pond, three straight top 20s, uh, uh, you know, worldwide uh, since since the PGA Tour ended its season uh, in August. He said he's played some. He hasn't played in about six weeks. But, you know, he, he's at least played a little bit. Uh, I like Billy Horschel here. Uh, you know, a proven winner, right? I mean, the guy has five, six, seven wins on tour. Proven winner. Looks like his game has come back. Uh, you know, like we talked about JT and shit losing their game. Billy lost his game, too. Um, and it took a little bit of a while for it to come back. And at the end of the season, it seems like he got it back. Uh, you know, that's his that's his time, right? Right by the Ryder Cup. And also when he played across the pond, I, th- I think eighty five hundred is actually a really good price for him. I'm going to be playing uh, a lot of Billy Orchard. What do you like in this range? I like uh, Danny McCarthy. I like Spenson. I know he won last year, and it's not likely he repeats that, but he doesn't have to at eighty six hundred. I think Brendan Todd is fine. I like Spawn. And then I don't know what to do with Smalley, but he, he kind of like let people down a little bit last week, even though he finished 30th. But then here he drops to 8,000 and he got a fifth place here last year. So I, I still do like Smalley. I'll probably consider some other guys, but that's like the four or five that stand out right away. My guy Jaeger, I never know what to do with him in this spot either. Like I typically don't go with him on a Like course. I don't understand why people fuck with Jaeger so much. He's got one top five. I don't even think he has one. That's why I'm saying zero. It's, it's it's like he might have zero top fives on tour. He disappoints, but now his price is down to eighty eight hundred. So we were playing him at more than this. I guess the field dictates that too. I don't know. I don't have as much interest in him as I usually do. Maybe that means he goes off. But I like Denny, Svensson, Todd, uh, Smalley, and then Sp- Spawn is the other guy that I always play. That's right there. He's a little bit cheaper too. So I, I don't mind this range, but probably those four or five guys that I'll be on here. We're talking about a guy that sort of let people down, and I want to play again this week. Let's go down to the seven K range. Ben Griffin, everyone's chalk darling last year. He was last week. He was okay. He wasn't great uh, out there. Made the cut barely on the number, I think, uh, or by one or two strokes. 
Um, I think he finished pretty strong, but he wasn't, you know, he was so popular. Um, I, I, I'm going to go back to him uh, this week down here at what, 75, 7,400? Where is he at? Where is Ben? Ben Griffin? Yeah. 7,500. 7,500. He's 7,500. I don't see him. I don't know. Well, I don't. Oh, I see him. I just missed him. I'm going to play him. Also, my third cash game cornerstone is at $7,500. It's Taylor Penrith, another guy I think is on the verge of a win. Uh, you know, his strength, of course, off the tee. But, like I said last week, he plays short courses very, very well. We saw last week with another top 10 at Bermuda, a short-ass course. I'm going to go ahead and use him as my third cash game cornerstone. I like his game. I like the way it's trending. It looks like the, he's going to be the next Canadian winner. Uh, out there. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and play him as my third cast game. Cornerstone. Other guys, I like Chesson Hadley. He's been playing sneakily good here the last, I would say, month, month and a half during the fall swing. Iron game, really, really good. Really good with his wedges. You're going to see a shit ton of shots from 100 to 125, 125 to 150. Pretty good uh, in that range. Also, really good uh, when it comes down to uh, R4 efficiency from 400 to 450 yards. A ton of par fours are going to be in that range as well. Who do you like in this upper 7K range, Tambo? Might be time for Taylor Squared because Taylor Montgomery was another guy that popped Yes, he, I'm a fan this week as well. I didn't bring oh. him up, but I'm a fan. And what's funny is, too, I, again, most people are going to look at it like, oh, he doesn't, again, wild, doesn't hit the fairways, all these other things, but he's good at all the other stuff. Putting, three-putt avoidance, scrambling are all of his best stuff. So as long as he clubs down or puts it out in the fairway, which guys are going to do here, Gets it up and down, you're good to go. I think he can come in handy. He's 15th here last year, coming in on, off a of 31st, 16th, and 35th. Like, that is fine for his price point at 7,600. So both him and Taylor Vendrith right there, I think most would look look to pivot. Oh, I won't play this Taylor because he's popular. I'll play this Taylor. You, you can just play them both. We do this game all the time. If you had to pick one, who would it be? And the answer ends up being both. So I don't hate that. Uh, Chris Kirk. Seems a little bit underpriced for the stats and stuff like that. But again, I know that most people will look at it and say it's not like he's been the crazy uh, Chris Kirk of old. So I'm okay if you don't go there, but I, I don't mind him. And in the back of the day, he used to crush this place up. So we'll see what he can do here. He's 7,900. Who else was there for me? There was one other guy. Well, while you look, we did say this could become a putting contest. So I'm going to go over the top 12 golfers on Bermuda, strokes gain putting in the last 50 rounds. Brian Gay, number one. Ben Taylor, number two. Thomas Detry, number three. Maverick McNeely, number four. Taylor Montgomery, number five. Alexander Norin, we didn't speak of him, came second last week. He's number six. Camillo did that second first thing the last two weeks. Not out of the question for Norin. Um, Trainer, seventh. Kucher, eighth. Ben Griffith, ninth. Sung King, my Korean brethren. Fast and the Furious. 10th. Sam Ryder. We'll talk about him in a second. 11th. And Billy Horschel. 12th. That's your top 12 in this field in strokes game putting on Bermuda Greens last 50 rounds. Who was that final player, Tambo? Uh, it was actually $7,400 range. I was looking at uh, Doug Gim and Hubbard there. Yeah, I'm a fan of, of Doug. I play him. He hasn't been playing great, Mr. Cut. On the number last week. But my final cash game cornerstone is going to be Sam Ryder at $7,200. Iron game, strong. Wedge game, strong. Good drive percentage, solid. Really good from 400 to 450 yards par four. A win is coming for this dude. 
again, 100 to 1. You might be able to get better than 100 to 1. Um, so my cash game corner shows this week are going to be Oberg at 10,900, Eric Cole at 9,000, uh, Pendrith 7,500, Ryder 7,200. This leaves more than 15K to finish out the rest of your lineups. Other guys in this bottom 7K that I think I'm going to play, uh, you already spoke about Hubbard, you already spoke about Gim, um, Ryder, okay. Ekro might be a guy. I take a peek at Dylan Wu. Again, uh, he had a really good week last week. Uh, $7,000. I think he's very, very worth that price, especially with how good he is with his wedges and with his irons and top 10 in putting in this field last 50 rounds. Uh, Naismith, another guy who, you know, good drive percentage. He's one of the best in the field. I know um, there's some guys out there who are really big on that stat at this course. I think Andy is. Uh, is one of those guys. Um, he could be someone who you could look at at this lower 7K range. Who do you like, Tamam? Yeah, a bun- bunch of shots down here. I think it's going to get really spread out. This is the good part about this range is there's lots of options. So I talked about Hubbard, Gim, uh, Shank you can play is at the same price tag there. Mackenzie Hughes, 7,300. Nick Hardy down to 7,300. I like your rider call. Almer, if he continues to play well from last week. There, there's so many guys down here, Kenny, that you can mix in. Man, uh, Nate Lashley. Another guy there, 7,100. Neesmith, who you just talked about, at 7K flat. After that, it gets a little bit tougher. Maybe look at uh, Wu or Stevens or those guys down at the bottom that I'll typically play, and their price is just solid. But the lower 7K range just makes it so you almost don't even need to go into the 6K range here is really how it sets up. All right, 6K range. I mean, I got three guys, basically, I've been looking at right now. First, is going to be just the lower at $6,900. He's going to play good golf. Bunch of top 25s out there here recently. I'll play him, uh, no doubt, at $6,900. Well above the field average in almost every stat I'm looking for, except from 125 to 150. Uh, but every other stat, he's like inside the top 50 in this field. Uh, so lower is definitely a guy that I'm going to look at. Um, going down a little bit more, Satoshi Kodaira hurt me last week. Uh, really needed him to get that each way. But I'm going to go back. Harbortown, winner. Uh, this is similar, short course. You know, any course that's like under 7,100 yards, I mean, play Satoshi because he's going to be like 6300 to $6,700. You know, it's just the guys you can plug in uh, on those type of courses. And then uh, last guy, I'm Brian Gay. Best putter in the field. Best putter on Bermuda. Uh, last week, had a decent week. Uh, you go out there, you put his ass off, make the cut at like $6,300. Who do you like? Yeah, he was the guy last week we talked about, right? Because he had such good course history. And then he was in my cash lineup. Yeah, and then he came home and was fine. 637th for that price tag. More than fine. I didn't see how he ended up scoring, but we talked earlier about Lucas Glover scoring almost 100 points at T48. So, I mean, when you're that cheap, 37th, you're in good shape, even if you scored close to the number and didn't outscore your position, you're still in pretty good shape. So, don't hate that. Um, who's the other guy you mentioned? Kadira could be a yeah. guy here. I, I think that's fine to go back to him. He, he'd be an option. Tyler Duncan. What are you doing with, like, Kisner and Zach Johnson? Down in the 6K range, really strong course history. Is this the first time we'll see Zach Johnson since Ryder Cup? Yeah, I'm just not. I can't go. I can't go with the old heads. I already. I'm already playing Kucher. That's enough. Yeah. I might play English. I might play English too. He's not even that old. English, like he's in his mid 30s. But he, but he, like, he feels like it. It feels like English is like 45, right? <laughs> There's something about Harris. It seems like he's an old ass motherfucker, but he ain't. And then who was the guy too? There was one more guy. We tried this last week with. Uh... Oh, that amateur guy, but the uh, the Dave Dave Ford, right? Is this guy David Ford? 
He's a guy that's been brought up in the past a little bit too. I don't think I'll get too crazy here, but he's definitely a guy that pops at 6,100. So uh, anybody else for you down in this range? Novak is 6,600. Yeah, I like Novak. Hickok is another guy that you can take a peek at uh, down here. Kelly Kraft is going to play decent golf. Um, I mean, it's not barren. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not barren. Like, you know, it has been the last few weeks. I There are guys that I think I can use down here. You look at Ben Taylor down there at $6,200. One of the best putters on Bermuda out there. You know, $6,200 bucks. You can do worse. Really same as always. Whether or not you need them. We can make the yeah. case because we know who these guys are. We're looking at the stats. We have and without hit- like a 12000 11500 11900 guy, right. you might not need to go down there, you know? Yeah, so instead of trying to pick the needle from the A-stack, you might be better off to do, you know, with a better line of construction up above instead. Bets. I got three, right? I got I got uh, Cole, 33 to 1. Probably the first time I've ever been in my life. 33 to 1, eight places each way. Pendrith, 45 to 1, eight places each way. I couldn't get to 75 in the morning. Uh, it went from 75 to 1 to 45 to 1 uh, in a span of about an hour and a half. This morning, so everyone is betting Taylor Pedrith. So am I at eight places each way. And then Sam Ryder, 100 to 1. Um, 100 to 1, eight places each way. I'm thinking about the the the, the DP World Tour double uh, with Oberg and Tom Kim. Thinking about it, 257 to 1. Maybe worth it. Throw like 10 bucks on that bitch. All right? Tom Kim and Oberg to get a little bit of Oberg action, see what happens. Yeah, donate it. I, I got nothing for you. I, I don't have any bets for the week so far, so we'll see what happens. But didn't see a ton of value this morning. It wasn't my first priority, so I wanted to make sure we got after it from a DFS angle, and we'll see what comes from it. But these, again, it's just really tough. All these numbers are, like, to me, pretty close. Like, I know everyone will make their argument for certain things, but Brian Harmon, 16, no thank you. Some may maybe got a little bit better numbers. And What's Oberg at? 12? On my book, he's at 12. I, I don't care if I miss that. So be it. I'll play him in DFS. Like, I, I just don't care. Um, the Cole one's still at 33. If you want, like you got it already, but I'm saying like that's something you could consider. I'm just scrolling down the board real quick to see if there's anything else that jumped out at me, but I, I don't see a lot here that has me excited, to be honest. Like you're you're going to be taking shots at these guys in the 70, 80 range and see what you get. But I, I like, uh, I don't hate your double idea that you could do that, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I'll probably have a couple more bets on Gub's corner here and you can find me. On Gub's Corner, uh, use promo code Kenny. Save yourself thirty percent on a membership to Gub's Corner. Uh, you know their college football has been sick. Their NFL has been really, really good. And of course, we're picking back up with the golf season here coming up. So make sure you, you check on over to Gupscorner.com. Uh, also follow me on Twitter at KendoVT Tambo. Yeah, at Totag and Tambo, you can find me there. The tidbits will still be out this week. The content-wise, this is gonna wrap it up. I'll have the first look show tomorrow with the Degenerate seventy-five Andy. We'll be hosting the show with a guest on Wednesday on the Ship It Nation YouTube station. Go subscribe there. That's the number one key thing I can tell you to do. Go to the Ship It Nation YouTube station. Subscribe. Leave a comment on the video section. It's the main one that says how Ship It Nation member won $1 million. It's a great interview. You can watch it in less than 15 minutes if you put it on 2X. But leave a comment on there. There's over 300 as we speak. One of the winners is going to come from there, whether it's $100 or $5,000. We'll find out. I appreciate all the support. I'll keep you guys updated. I'll be posting some content out on the X, Twitter, etc. At Totag and Tambo, you'll be able to see it all there. Good luck to Tambo this week. Let's hopefully you can take some shit down. I want my thousand dollars. Yes. Three hundred fiftieth episode. 
We are complete. Season over. A month off. I'm hype. Let's win some motherfucking money. DJ Nation. I've been getting dirty money, Jordan.